3: the executive director of the college football playoff bill hancock bill you know brian i'm andrew how are you this morning
2: well good to hear you guys we always have a good time together
3: don't we yes sir do you owe brian food he keeps referencing he does. okay
1: just making sure <laughs> <laughs> he does he's telling me been telling me that i could come up to dallas and do some of that fine dining and they do while they're watching uh Football games and 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 doing their machinations about this whole college football ranking. Now I understand, my buddy Adam Zucker had a chance to come up and visit with you and eat some of that good food.
2: Yeah, he did. i actually thought about you that Monday night we had barbecue.
1: Ah, I'm going to make it up there <laughs> one of these days. I promise you.
2: Yep, Adam came to one of our mock exercises. I think we talked about this before, but love to have one or both of you guys come sometime. Um, great way to see the inside and also really a a fun couple of
1: days. Well, Bill, with this initial ranking, I don't think I heard as much, uh, 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 let's see, rank uh, anger or, or anything as I have experienced uh, in, in the past with these rankings. Of course, this is the fourth installment now. Uh, did you see it that way as well? I think everyone felt like you guys got, pretty much got it right this first one out the box.
2: People did. People did. I think people know we had a hard decision, several hard decisions to make. But I think overall, the feedback's been
3: good. Bill, I think, uh, you know, at least on, on, from our vantage point, being on the air before the rankings came out, we spent a lot of time on Oklahoma and Ohio State. Can you, can you walk us through the process that got the Sooners ahead of the Buckeyes?
2: Well, yeah, those teams, uh, actually Ohio, uh, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Penn State, were all kind of glumped in there together at that group. And Oklahoma just had that uh, very simply – had that the significant head-to-head win uh, on the road at Ohio State, and uh, neither Ohio State nor Penn State had had that. Um, but these are these are really really good teams, and, and 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 very close margin.
1: Now, as far as Wisconsin and Miami, the, the only teams along with Alabama and Georgia, of course, which are uh, Georgia 1, Alabama 2, undefeated, Wisconsin-Miami undefeated. It 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 seems to me that you discounted Wisconsin because of their schedule and Miami because of the close wins uh, they've experienced thus far this season.
2: Oh, you nailed it. You nailed it. Um, <laughs> you know, w- Wisconsin, is they run that system so well, and, man, they're executing at a really high level right now. Uh, but their best their best win was at Northwestern, which is five and three, and and we're just waiting for them to show what they can do a, against a little better competition. And Miami kind of rem- reminds us really of the FSU team. Uh, uh, I think it was the first year uh, when they just kind of struggled and kept winning, but kept struggling. and And we're we're just waiting for us to waiting for them to show a little more.
3: You know, Bill, a team I thought about a lot uh, leading up to the rankings was Wisconsin, undefeated in the Big Ten. They certainly can play defense, have concerns with their offense. But I I personally kind of held back on them because I don't know that I'm going to believe in them until, in theory, they beat Ohio State or Penn State or whomever in the Big Ten title game. Is that fair rationale for a committee member, like looking ahead and waiting for that, or am I only supposed to be thinking about what they've done up until that moment when I give them a ranking?
2: Well, I think you're right on both counts. For us, all we can do is rank them based on what we've seen so far. And, yeah, we're looking ahead. Wisconsin has a game coming up against Michigan. Um, And looking at their schedule, some of the teams that they had on their schedule weren't as good as they anticipated them to be. So that's kind of a little bad luck for them. But we're, we're just waiting for them to show what they can do against a little better
1: competition. And, Bill, we've yet to have a two-loss team make the playoff. And I'm looking at Iowa State now sitting there at 5-2, and two, and they've knocked off two top five teams in Oklahoma on the road. And, of course, TCU last week at their place. Let's say they run the table and there's going to be a rematch at some point with somebody in the Big 12. They run the table. Big 12 champion with two loss. Can they make your party at the end of the year?
2: Well, I think someday there will be a two-loss team in, in the in the playoff. I don't know whether it'll be this year or not. And uh, the Iowa State story obviously is fascinating. <clears throat> as, as I look at their season, I think if, if they had known how good they were uh, back when they played Iowa, and then and then the other loss to Texas, uh, they they might have won both of those two, or certainly at least one of them. And of course, with their situation with with changing the quarterback, um, it just it just gave them the right kind of chemistry Mm -hmm. as we saw against both Oklahoma and TCU.
1: Well, let's say it's one of the big brand names because uh, going back to the initial playoff (laughs) in in 2014 and it was Baylor and TCU, and I always maintain if it had been Oklahoma or Texas sitting there with a one loss, they would have gotten into that initial playoff instead of a, a, a TCU and a Baylor being knocked out of it. During the last week, let's say it's it's a Oklahoma or an Oklahoma State, uh, or even a TCU with two losses, but they're the conference champion Would having more cachet than say an Iowa State get you an invite to the dance.
2: No, no, uh, reasonable people can disagree, and <laughs> <laughs> you and you, you and I have disagreed before on the show, and uh, we probably will again, which is fine. Yeah, no, it's it, it's it's not who you are, and and really. Um, Going back to the first year, I don't care who you were. If, if, if uh, goodness, if, if if anybody had played the schedule, frankly, that that Baylor and TCU uh, uh, played that first year, that they would have been in the same ranking spot. We don't, we don't, we don't pay attention to the brand. It's just not a factor. We have way too much else that we have to worry about to have to take time to consider the
3: brand. Uh, Bill, let me ask you this. Brian asked about a two-loss team. Let me ask you about two teams from the same conference being in your final Final Four. I know you've been asked about this as well, and obviously Georgia and Alabama um, are kind of theoretically set up for it right now. Is, is that ideal for you guys? I know you want the best four, but to me, if you're putting in two from the same conference, there's almost a built-in argument against one of them because only one of them could have won the conference.
2: Well, yeah, the great thing about the playoff is there's no strings attached. It's just the best four teams. No limit on how many from a conference. Um We don't have to think about politics in that room. All we think about is football, and I, I love that part of it. Um, so, it, it can it happen someday? Yeah, I, I, I suspect it will someday. Will it be this year? Who knows? You know what? what if that if that were to happen, then what would have happened would be something happened to the teams around them in the rankings. Right. Um, and and that's, you know, people focus on, on on those two teams, Alabama and Georgia, but, hey, w- what are the rest of the teams doing? And, obviously, what are they going to do the rest of the season?
1: Bill Hancock joining us here on CBS Sports Radio, G.O.N. Jones, executive director of the college football playoff. Uh- so, essentially, what you're saying is that a conference champion doesn't matter. A conference championship does not matter. And I'm of the old school, and you and I have gone round and round on this before. I just think if you can't win your conference, you can't win your division, you can't win your conference, you shouldn't be. Ha- you shouldn't have an opportunity to win a national title. But it seems oh. to me that you guys don't feel that way in that room.
2: Oh, conference champions matters, absolutely. It's one of those tiebreakers. If the teams are, are, are equal, then the conference champion comes into play um oh man we had the crazy situation last year the big 10 as as we've talked about (laughs) where those were michigan ohio state and penn state all defeated each other and the committee just had to make a decision and uh, and penn state made it really really hard for the committee last year with the way they played against wisconsin in that championship game um so uh, those 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 Situations where all three beat each other are just really difficult. We already have one this year with Auburn, Mississippi State, and LSU. Yeah, they've all played, and and the, and, the, and, and the standings in those three games are one one and one. They're all tied. They all beat each other. Hey. Uh, so that's when that's when we have to take off our hats and really and really work hard to figure out how to
1: rank them. Yeah, you have Mississippi State sitting there at at 16, and LSU is at 19. And Mississippi State, the manner in which they've lost their ball games, they have been thrashed, but yet they're ahead of LSU because they beat them, so you give them the head-to-head, you give them the benefit of that. But the manner in which they lost, uh, does that factor into uh, the process?
2: Yeah, it does, and we walk a fine line in that. Uh,
1: we don't want to,
2: what we say is, we don't want to incent margin of victory, and, and we really don't. We don't, need, we don't want to be in that business. But we look at whether a team dominated another team or not. And, uh, yeah, you're right. It's, just, it, it's tricky in, that, in, in that, that three-way because there were some dominating performances and then uh, um, uh, one close game also. So it, we, just have to, we just have to figure it out.
3: Bill Hancock is the executive director of the college football playoff. He's with us here on Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Um, Bill, more than one coach this week, Nick Saban beforehand, Kirby Smart afterwards uh, complained about the unfair burden of being number one uh, on your list. I, I know that's not going to affect the way you go about your business, but are you bothered at all when you hear coaches say things like that?
2: No, not at all. I I, I do think that's a first-world problem. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Did you just drop a hashtag on us?
2: <laughs> but no. I, hey, I, these coaches, I respect them so much, and, and they all have hard jobs, and and they're all very very good at it. Um, and and I, I I like I like you know I love talking college football the way we get to do it I love I love talking about it with coaches when I get a chance.
1: All right, well let's keep talking because I want to fight with you because I think you just contradicted yourself. We're talking about Miami and you liking them to Florida State a few year years ago when they were having all these close calls, but yet a, a team that like Mississippi State gets blown out and you say you don't want to get into margin <laughs> of victory or margin of defeat, but the, the sexy wins they went out in your formula.
2: Well, you just you look at how a team performs all season, and yeah, if they if they underperformed in some games, you have to consider that. Uh, if they if they perform well in other games, you have to consider that.
3: Bill, it's not the first time now that you guys have gotten together to to start figuring out this process. Um, is it is it easier? Is it different? I know you have new faces this year, so you know some people kind of are, are obviously new to it. But are, do you guys have a better flow, a better system this time around?
2: It's the same system, the same flow, uh, the chemistry in the room changes with new people. Um, Gene Smith, Chris Howard, and Frank Beamer all bring a different new perspective, uh, which is great. You know, I, I watched committee rooms change for 16 years when I worked with the NCAA Men's Basketball Committee, so this doesn't surprise me at all. The whole, the, the, the chemistry just changes. not better, not worse, it's just different, um, but...
1: Go, go ahead. ahead, Bill. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Finish your it Well, thought.
2: But I, was, I was just going to say, we just rely on our protocol, which is consistent from year to year, and, and, uh, and then get the different perspectives of the committee members.
1: I would hope that uh, there are fireworks in, in, in during these discussions. I, I, I like you and I. We go back and forth whether we're in person or we're we're talking uh, via phone line. I, I just would hope that because you have these different personalities, you have coaches, you have administrators, you have former players. I mean, is that what you're experiencing there? Is, is there is there are there fireworks and are these guys really? passionate about their stance on a particular team or, uh, or their opposition to another team? It, is, is, it, does it get nice and heated?
2: Oh, it does. It really does, and it did this week. It's always professional, mm-hmm. but, 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 but heated. And what I think is funny is there will be two people arguing against each other <laughs> when we're looking at one cluster, and then we get those in the rankings. We go to the next cluster, and then those two people are on the same side uh, 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 on some other team. And that's the way it should be. It, it's, uh, it's statesmanship, but it's getting after each other. And frankly, not to get political here, but I'm going to, uh, the people in Washington, D.C. could learn a lot from the way our guys behave with each other. They argue, they fuss, but at the end of the day, they come out and make a
1: decision. There you go. At some point, you've got to arrive at uh, a, a decision. So no food fights to report or anything like that. They're not wasting that barbecue by throwing it at each other.
2: No nope, lot a lot of good barbecue, man and some ice cream and and some ice cream. Oh,
1: stop you're making me hungry. you always do this. I'm coming, I'm coming <laughs> <laughs> all right, Bill, uh we'll let you go,
3: and Brian will badger you for free stuff via text or email or something like that off <laughs>
1: off the radio. I,
2: I love it. hey, once again, we had fun, and uh, let's do it again soon. and, Thanks,
1: and guys, I'm not awesome. badgering he offered it right, Bill?
2: <laughs> that's
1: right, thank you. It's,
2: it's, all right, y'all take
1: care.
3: That's Bill Hancock, the executive director of the college football playoff. I still can't believe uh, he threw that that hashtag reference, first world problems at us, the question hey. about <laughs> Saban Sa- and Kirby, smart hating being at the top of the rankings. Right, there you go. But you're right. You're, it's you're, cool. You know, your first point, uh, your first question about there really wasn't that much angst yeah. Tuesday night. Now, I hope that's because they did a good job, which they seem to basically have done, as opposed to people just – or maybe. Uh, people just realized that it's November, or at that point it was October, and there was no real need to get that worked up just yet because so much is going to change between then and December. But I, I didn't see really any issues with the way things, or at least glaring issues. There's always debate, but the way things right. lined up.
1: No, I, I didn't either, and uh, I was pretty much in line with what what a lot of us were thinking. You know, that fourth spot, do you go Oklahoma, do you go Clemson? Uh, that was the, the – the only conundrum for me, and uh, they put uh, you know Clemson actually at at number three. So uh, I I thought, Joe, as much as I love Bill Hancock, he contradicted himself because he talks about Miami and how they'd had these close margins of victory, and then he goes on to tell me, no, we don't look at margin of victory. We don't care how large a deficit or how large uh, a margin you win by, but you do because Miami's sitting there undefeated and yet you don't recognize that as a, a record that should be ranked higher than it is, which is fine. You're, you're in the top ten, and you got a chance to win out and win the ACC for the first time ever. Uh, and, and so you can you play your way into this thing, as everyone can. I mean, there's so many teams that are alive uh, in this deal. But I, I think Washington sitting there at 12, out in the pack 12 uh, uh, They may have an issue. You got eight one-loss teams ahead of them. Uh, so they need to definitely win out, and then I think they're going to probably need some help, unlike last season when they were sitting there at 12-1 and after USC thumped them up there in, in Seattle, and they overcame that and got into the field.
3: Uh, a touchy subject that you have mentioned both on the air and off the air came <laughs> up yesterday uh, when Gabe Kapler was introduced as the new manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, pun intended with touchy subject. <laughs> A Brad Heller update, and then that next on Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Keep up with the latest on the show on Twitter at Geo and Jones. The road ahead is brought to you by Advance Auto Parts. This weekend's race is at Texas Motor Speedway for the AAA Texas 500. As you all know, Texas Motor Speedway, a quad oval where the front straightaway <laughs> juts outward slightly. The track layout oh is similar. Goodness. As you know, to Atlanta Motor Speedway and everyone's favorite, Charlotte
1: Motor Speedway. Because uh, uh, Bruton Smith and his guys run it. Yep. That's why they're yep. all exactly. similar.
3: Exactly. Now, when you think quad oval, <laughs> you think of one driver,
1: Jimmy Johnson. He owns that track.
3: Jimmy Johnson is the pick to win the AAA Texas 500. The quad oval that is Texas Motor <laughs> Speedway. It's say quad, man. <laughs> The quad <laughs> Advanced Auto Parts introduces speed perks. Spend one hundred dollars and get twenty dollars off your next qualified purchase. No cards to carry. No points to keep track of. No nonsense. Take <laughs> Look, a breath. I, I
1: was driving around that quad over. Let me tell you, I was just a tick tight coming out of turn four there, so I was driving like a like a dump truck. And then we w- had a chassis adjustment. That quad over drove like a dream. Sky, you got to say it, man. Come on, got to let it flow like that. Just for the record, yeah. NASCAR. <laughs> 855-212-4CBS,
3: 855 212 Your phone calls continue. Uh, Gabe Kapler's alone time routine in just a second. But first, God knows what he does by himself. But right now, he's got your updates, Brad Heller. Oof. Hey, Brad.
1: Uh, I, what I, an intro. I, I shudder to Jeez. imagine what... Look at him. Look, I... Phew. Ooh yeah! Turn on. Keep back to sweat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Make it last forever. <laughs> well, anyway,
0: <laughs> this is exactly what they throw you on eight eighty as well. I think. totally. <laughs> I'm I'm prepared for intros like this. <laughs> In the all-news format. <laughs> <laughs> so Bill's offensive lineman, Richie Incognito, ripped Thursday Night Football, ripped the NFL, and based on his team's performance last night, you can understand why. First and goal at the five. Handoff. Forte, runs right, has room, at the two, at the one, at the goal line, he's into the end zone. That's another rushing touchdown for Matt Forte. And the Jets are now blowing out the Buffalo Bills. Bob was choosing with the call. Jets radio network. It was 31-7 at that point. Final score, 34-21 in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Can't we speed up the I, tempo a little I bit? I thought you were going to give him a list. I did. I guess,
3: What's I up, guess Brad? they
0: forgot. You're looking good, Brad. Thanks for saying that, yeah, Brad. All right. I love the way you read, read that back, up Brad thing, dog. Give them heller. Maybe Sean McDermott's club needs to listen to some '90s R&B. <laughs> Snap them out of this funk from last That's night. A segue. Three turnovers, seven sacks allowed, and eleven penalties. We got out coached. We got outplayed. You know, fundamentally,
3: um, you know, we weren't very good. And then you look at the penalties. You know, some of
0: those were you call them aggressive a few of them but other than that it was it was uh you can't do that
1: and expect to win a game in the NFL.
0: No you can't. Bills are now 5 and 3. Jets jet snapped a 3 game losing streak. They are 4 and 5. The big NFL news from Thursday, the Texans losing rookie quarterback Deshaun Watson for the season because of a torn ACL. Tied for the league lead 19 touchdown passes. He was just named the AFC offensive player of the month for October. Andrew Luck's season is also over without taking a snap. The Colts placed the QB on injured reserve with the sore shoulder. NBA Steve Kerr's Warriors. A 19-point first-half deficit that beat the Spurs in San Antonio, 112-92. Great response to the
2: uh, early shot that we took. Um, we might as well just start every game here down 20. I mean, it's it's like, f- I, I, other than the playoffs last year, it's got to be four or five straight games where that happened. And, you know, you you have to be able to match the Spurs' intensity.
3: The Spurs have now he lost was fired four in a row. fired up last night. Mm. Did you see
1: him early in that ballgame? So is Steve Kerr. Man, fired up. I, that's who we're talking about. Oh, I thought I heard Popovich. I'm no, sorry. Because no, no, he got tossed, Kurt. too. Yeah, he was fired up later, but early. Man, I thought Kerr was going to throw his back out again. He said
0: Malafala. Yeah, a couple times. They had dinner before the game or the night before together. The two of them?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vote Popovich Kerr in 2020. They're running as a ticket. They're going to stop. There's I'd actually vote for him. There's actually a, uh, like a Twitter handle already. You can buy two shirts right? and mugs. Let's yeah, do Kurt it. Popovich. I can pick up 2020. Some
0: Come on. Spurs love lost four in a row after the four in a row start. In mm. Portland, Damian, there we go. Damian Lillard, a three pointer with seven tenths of a second to go. Blazers edge the Lakers 113-110. Lillard scored 32. Blazers have beaten the Lakers 13 straight times. Baseball, the Astros victory, parade, and rally. It's this afternoon in Houston. The Angels keeping outfielder Justin Upton five years, $106 million. Wow.
1: I'm in the wrong bin. Yeah,
3: you left uh, this play
1: out a little bit. That's all for me. Done. I'm done. Cool.
3: Now, as Gabe Kapler, uh, the (laughs) brand new manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, will tell you, sometimes uh, the mood just strikes. Now, Gabe Gabe had his own version of Body by Biseglia. Yes, he does. Yeah, this one actually worked and took off and Mm -hmm. had followers and, you know, as a business model and had thoughts that people wanted to know about and a way to live. And, um, the point of the website back in the day was, you know, Gabe was open and honest about anything and everything that he used in his life to be healthy and happy and whatnot. So here's an excerpt uh, that was posted on this blog in 2014, uh, and I lost the name of the blog. It doesn't really matter. Oh, Cap Lifestyle, Cap yep. Lifestyle, Cap Lifestyle, you know, Cap Lifestyle put together. So, right. uh, quote, you're moisturized and smelling tropical. Your teeth, because this is him. This is him uh, talking up the the benefits of using coconut oil. Yes, Brian Jones approves as well. You're moisturized and smelling tropical. Your teeth are white. Your face looks like you've just visited a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon. The sun is set. The moon is out. Perhaps you have a friend nearby, or perhaps it's just you by your lonesome. <laughs> well, this is awkward. Tell me about it. I've promised you authenticity, honesty, and openness. Take this how you wish, and I'll spare you the step-by-step. Coconut oil is the world's greatest lubricant. I can't help where your mind goes with this. Once the ball leaves the bat, I can't steer it.
1: (laughs) Go get him, girl. Once the ball leaves the bat, I can't steer Mm it. He is 100% correct. (laughs) He is on point. All that and a bag of chips, man. Coconut oil, I'm telling you. Has there been a coconut oil better man segment yet? No, but there, should, was, be. there should be one. Yes, there's one on the horizon. Yes. Yeah.
3: According to Gabe Kaplan, you can rub it on your face, on your
1: teeth. You can, you can cook with it. Uh, you can ingest parts, it. You can. Yeah. It's the it's the best. You do
3: the backstroke in it, you and can, it just makes yeah. you better.
1: Better Back, body, backstroke, front stroke, right. side stroke. It, it is the best. Let me say it again. Coconut oil, the best. And it's just raw coconut oil. Yes, organic coconut oil. It's oh. not sticky. No. not slimy. Slippery. Coconut coconut water is disgusting. Not s- sticky, not slimy. It's right. slippery. Mm, the good yeah. kind. Yeah, the good kind. Yeah. And so, you know, like coconut water? Well, if you get the store-bought stuff, it's got all these other ingredients uh, in it. T- it tastes slimy. Oh, I love it. And, uh-huh. and I can get it in the DR, the, straight out of the coconut. I can get it here in uh, over in Union City, straight out of the coconut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty good, man. Get some coconut water. That's good for you. It, it rehydrates yeah, you. Yeah, I know. That's why I tried to have one day. I was, was a little hungover. No, but and you it got tasted you,
3: terrible. Oh yeah, bacon, egg, and cheese. It is. <laughs> Laters. Yeah,
1: that works too. Yeah. But yeah, you might have to make sure you get the right one with all not all the other junk in it. You yeah. want just pure coconut water. It's good stuff. But so uh, now, uh, Cap is on to something, but now right. he's the new manager of the Phillies, of At. course. So he's probably gonna have to give up his blog work and and, and try to steer uh this baseball team in the right direction. Uh, last year he was I think it was last year he was the uh manager of the single A Boston Red Sox single A team. Uh no he's been the in charge of the Dodger minor league organization okay, for the Dodgers. Last, like three years. Okay, but he he has managed before my yeah. point is that he hadn't he has managed single A uh, greenville drive uh or greensboro drive one of those green something drive uh in in the minor league system of the Red sox and so he has uh a history there and he and uh matt Clintack the um, Teenage GM in Philadelphia yeah, was yeah, just taken aback by the energy in which Gabe Kapler possessed. If you ever saw him play throughout his 12-year career, you, you've seen how energetic the, the man is. And so you have a 42-year-old manager who is bought into all these analytics and and so Clint taxes. We we want to be progressive and 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 steer away from. That's the third time we use steer. Uh, move away from uh, the more scout-based system. So here we go with uh, Moneyball and, and, and be more progressive like the teams that were involved in the World Series. So right. uh, that's the route they're going to take. I, I think you still need some of that scout-based uh, system to, to help move you forward. Uh, but analytics is the, is the way to go.
3: Enough serious baseball talk. Uh, back to solo activities and Gabe Kapler. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think the blog has existed since he's been in charge of things with the Dodgers. Oh, so. okay. But uh, everyone knows it's out there. People so, have been digging so at yesterday afternoon's introductory press conference in Philadelphia the legendary Howard Eskin took the mic
0: Matt were there you expressed that there were no reservations with some of the things that you saw uh, that Gabe had written on his blog and had tweeted uh, I'm trying to figure out if you said there were none there are none and as far as Gabe Gabe are you proud? of some of the stuff you said you express yourself I don't want to get specific but uh, I I'm people in the room there's an elephant in the room that people uh, here I mean coconut oil is a, is a phrase uh, I <laughs> threw it out there Gabe any reservations and then Matt any reservations Gabe for putting it out there and Matt <laughs> while you were in the when, interview process
3: when did Howard Eskin get shamed he couldn't you. just what go is, I, uh, Gabe. Your huh-huh story? Do you, yeah. you regret that? There's forty-five seconds of meandering
1: right. around. Right, get the to it! Oil. Come
3: on, Howard Eskin. Just
1: coconut oil.
3: Oh, You're a shock
1: jock. Yeah. Now, the other thing he's probably referring to is the sunbathing of a certain part of uh, the man's body, involving his or genitalia. After. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who who knew? Who knew? I mean, I knew about vitamin D. <laughs>
3: Wait, I'm just stuck on you going. <laughs> what,
1: putting you the you? sun
3: <laughs> yeah. on a part of your body that I'm about to name right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> coconut oil is a is a phrase. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a phrase.
3: It's a <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he it means it's like an inside joke now that they just make coconut oil references because of this thing. But well, come on now. Just ask th-
1: the question, Howard. Yeah. That's what
3: we pay you. That's what you get did paid for. Did it bother
1: for. you that Gabe Kapler was blogging about the benefits of coconut oil? Right. In no, activities. it did You see him sitting here, right? Did it bother you that Gabe Kapler, your new manager, uh, mentioned or suggested that men who are trying to increase their testosterone sunbathe their genitalia? Did that bother you? And no, no, because he's dude. sitting here.
3: Yeah, and here he is. I hired him anyway. Right? Because I needed two.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I'm not just the he owner. i right. client. He was right. Who knew? Sitting out in the sun, bucket naked,
0: <laughs> would help I'm you in the room. there's an elephant in the room, if people
1: <laughs> like here,
3: it's a naked um, elephant too. Well, congrats if it's an elephant. <laughs> Good <laughs> right? Good for you. <laughs> he didn't
1: say there's a trunk. <laughs> there's a. There's only a trunk in the room. I mean, this blog, how did I not know about this blog, man? Gabe is on to something. He was always in shape. He always had the bulging muscles when he was playing. And, yeah. and, and, and he's still in, in great shape as a 42-year-old manager. But it's obvious those things didn't bother him. I, I hired him. So right. you know the answer to this question. And there are benefits to it. Why we get all queasy about stuff like this?
3: And you're right. I'd listen to Gabe Kapler.
1: He's in shape. He's a good-looking yeah, dude. Right. His name Mikey B. telling me how to I, live. I'm listening. Next time I'm down in Florida, sitting on my little pool deck. All right, that's enough. Hopefully, mom-in-law won't be around. Hopefully. Just me and Hoya, we're going to sit around ah. and sunbathe differently. Yeah, that's in my future. Thank you, Gabe. Appreciate that. The coconut oil, I was already there. I didn't need that tip. But the sunbathing, yeah. I'm going to be right there with you. I'll let you know how it works out, uh, fellas.
3: None of this involves your wife. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, my mother in laws not there. Well, when the wife could be there. And new she, with she my da- dog.
1: Why, why would that bother me? No, she could be, be there. Be no, there. Sure. no, I worry about it. her saying it. She's seen it. That should be the goal that she's there with you. Well,
3: 855 212 cbs eight five five two one two four two two seven. 212 <laughs> I can give you a heads up. We're well, I, not going to continue this conversation with Stephon Diggs. We're not going to ask him about this. No. Uh, but we are going to ask him about his current quarterback, his, his quarterback that's getting healthy now in Minnesota, the NFC North, and everything else, uh, when the Vikings wide receiver joins wait, us. Wait, wait. We well, cannot
1: go to break without putting a bow on this topic because one of our loyal listeners, uh, Russell Terry, just sent in the tweet of the day, What's this reporter have against Roasted Nuts? Coconut oil is a, is a phrase. Check us
0: out on Facebook at Geo and Jones.
3: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and
4: more. Play it at play.it.
3: Defon, I'm Andrew. That's Brian. What's going on, man? How are you
4: today? I'm awesome. You know, uh, nice early morning, you know, just getting things going. How you guys doing?
1: We're doing well, dude, and, and welcome back to, uh, to the fold, to the huddle, I should say. Uh, been injured, and, and now you, you're back uh, playing, and you got back last week, I guess, four, four receptions, 27 yards. Let me ask you how you have dealt with the transition at quarterback. You know, you have Case Keenum out there, and you guys have an early season victory, and now, not Case Keenum, I'm, I'm sorry, Sam Bradford, and now you're dealing with Case Keenum. How has that transition been for you guys in that wide receiver room?
4: Uh, I wouldn't say it's been anything, you know, as far as like a challenge, but uh, just because you know, as a receiver, you you just got to do your job. You know, you can't really concern yourself about who's back there. I know we got you got to trust in who's back there, no matter who it is. But uh, uh, and it hasn't been too much of a transition. You do your job and you do it to the best of your ability. Good things will happen, and as you can see, the quarterback play, you know, it's been it's been well. So and not no not too much to worry about.
3: How's um How's Teddy look to you? Are you excited to have him back on the field at some point? And and what do you remember about that day last summer when when he got, when he got hurt so badly?
4: Um yeah, for one, I'm excited. You know, I've been excited since he stepped foot back out there. You know, more so happy for him as a, as a person. You know, to see a guy fight through it and and to fight his way back is just uh, something special to watch and see. So um, I've been more than excited. And, I remember when it happened, you know, I was there, I was, I was in the mid of running a route when it happened. So, uh, when I look back to see my player and my friend go down, it's just, you know, it was rough, but at the time, uh, you couldn't, I couldn't stay down on it, you know, I had to move forward, but to see him back out here, you know, it's pivotal and everybody, uh, another thing to go for as far as that like,
1: inspiration-wise. Stefan, as far as your game, man, I've been howling you since your days there at, at Maryland, and uh, now it seems like everything's coming together for you. I know you had a little uh, setback with the, the, the injuries you're dealing with, but uh, as I stated, you're you're back in that huddle, back on the playing field. Uh, what has helped you with your growth in the league and, and there with the Vikings?
4: Um, I would say mostly asking a lot of questions as a— uh, as a young player i always ask a lot of questions especially to older guys and guys i've seen done it done it for a while done it the right way and uh i've been professionals so um you know i just kind of asking a lot of questions learning as i go and uh that's been pretty big for me and seeing guys you know have success and how they handle success moving forward it's it's always a learning curve but i mean i feel like that's the biggest thing for me was questions
1: uh, give us some insight into say one of the questions you've you've posed to a veteran um well, as far as
4: like my agency and uh, we we've had a group of guys like Antoine Bethea. he's been in the league for a while now, um, Maurice Jones Drew and a bunch of other older guys, but I asked them from day one what's the best thing for me to do going in as a young player wanting to earn respect and not really you know, not really make a lot of hoopla or talk about a lot, just go in and just do my job. He, they just simply told me, Just work, you know, your work will speak for itself and going in each and every day and grinding, they'll respect your own respect that way.
3: What about wide receivers on other teams? Are there guys that you watch film of to try and you know steal some tricks from?
4: Uh, yeah, I watch film of a lot of guys, but as far as like being a professional, I I had uh, Keenan McCarter as my coach in college, my last year, and I was that's to say, I would say that person, that man, probably changed my career as far as like how to handle my business and how to go about each and every day because he's been he was in the NFL for seventeen seventeen years or so, something like that. So so uh, he's obviously had game respect and done it for a long time and. uh, so that's why I would say I get my professionalism from it as far as how I approach it. But it's a lot of guys you steal stuff from. As far as, like, receiver-wise, you know, nobody's the same exact height or speed as you, so it's it's kind of hard to, you know, you can't imitate, but you can uh, still steal some stuff from some guys.
1: Yeah, Keenan was one of the, the great ones. He'll steal some stuff from you on the golf course as well. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. Uh, 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 when you look at this team, and I know you lost Dalvin Cook, who was a big part of the, the draft this past spring, and, and yeah. now you, you, you've you uh, got uh, some different running backs who are getting tote to tote the rock. But when you look at you guys offensively, uh, how is this – Offense different from what you experienced a season ago, and, and how much better do you think you guys are?
4: I feel like we have a lot of depth at all positions, as far as like, uh not only just running back, but as you can see, quarterback, uh, as you, as you can see as well, as receiver. We have a lot of depth at every position, so um, when one guy does go down, it's not um, it's not the end of the world. It's not put your head down. You know, we got guys that we trust that also can do it to the best of their ability. So um, it's, it's I would say that.
3: Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Stefan Diggs with us here on Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Stefan working with Old Spice Invisible Spray. More info's at OldSpice.com. Um, we're certainly having fun talking to you this morning, and glad you're up with us. But you guys are on your bye this week. Why are you not on an island somewhere <laughs> with a drink in your hand? What's
4: going on? Yeah, I don't take too long of a break, but uh, I'm i I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have my little break. I'm going to go see my daughter, so um, I'm I'm gonna enjoy some time with her, some daddy daughter time would be fun.
3: Now, how old is she? She just turned one. Okay, so she, I was going to ask if she cares that you're in the NFL, but she doesn't care about anything except how to like <laughs> Mickey Mouse now. No, nah, <laughs> nah, not
4: yet. Not yet. I'll wait for that.
3: Because <laughs> yeah, my daughter's six, and I'm waiting for her to think what I do is cool, talking on the radio. It <laughs> <laughs> hasn't happened yet.
1: Hey, and speaking of cool, Mike Zimmer, I've seen him lose his cool. What's yeah. he like behind the scenes with you guys? Um, I would say that's
4: my favorite coach ever that, that, that I play for, mm-hmm. you know, as far as, like, uh, the relationship that you have with him. His approach each and every day would never change. Uh, his mindset would never change, and his work ethic would never change. And I just got a lot of respect for him because, you know, not only just the time and the effort that he puts in, but, the, you know, not only concern, but, you know, he wants, he wants you to be better. He wants the best out of you each and every day, and he demands it. So I, I love him. Stefan, we'll let you run. Thanks so
3: much. On. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Pump your brakes. Sorry, linebacker. <laughs> you,
1: you know I know somebody yeah. everywhere, so you got to tell your defensive back coach, Jerry Gray, I said hello, Brian Jones. I'm fr- he I and I are you. from the same hometown. Okay. And, and He's older than me. I grew up watching him play at the rival high school. Hated him. Uh, but <laughs> tell, him, t- tell him Brian Jones said hello from his hometown of Lubbock, Texas. I got you. I got you. I'll, I'll tell them as soon as I get back to work. <laughs> okay, man. Appreciate it, and, and good luck the rest of the season. Got you. Thank you guys for having me on.
3: And, uh, it's our pleasure. Stefan Diggs with us uh, on behalf of new Old Spice Invisible Spray, delivering 48-hour protection and fresh manly scents in a dry <laughs> spray that doesn't leave the white marks on your skin or T-shirt. Find out more
1: at OldSpice.com. Do and do they uh, have coconut oil? Good morning, Coach Gray. Mm. No, you don't say it like that. Oh, man. you don't? What's up, Coach Gray? What's up, Coach Gray? Yeah, Coach homeboy G? from uh, your hometown. Told me to tell you what's up. Yeah. What's his name? That's Brandon. Brandon, Brandon yeah, Johnson. Brandon. <laughs> exactly. Probably messed that up. But <laughs> Stephon Diggs, uh, a, a budding superstar uh, here. Uh, you know, if he can stay healthy, back on the field uh, after dealing with some uh, minor injuries. But uh, he, he is a catalyst on this offense. Uh, he, he's a big-time weapon for uh, Mike Zimmer and his, and his guys, a kid out of Maryland, and, and originally signed, uh, was committed to USC and decided to go to Maryland I- instead and uh, is playing some pretty good football currently.
3: First place Minnesota Vikings, two wins ahead of everybody else in the NFC. North Green Bay sitting 4-3, and and then the 3-4 and four Lions, the 3-5 and five Bears. The Vikings, though, were kind of the original uh, Texans, so to speak, losing Teddy Bridgewater out of nowhere in practice last year. Then they come into this year Dalvin Cook's knee, Sam Bradford's knee, as you said, they're down at Case Keenum. Diggs hasn't been healthy, uh, but they keep pushing through. They obviously can play defense. they got a home field advantage. Uh, they're 4-1 and one so far at home. And maybe the best news for them right now, and really for the rest of the season, is obviously no, no Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they just they can't let the Packers catch them in this division. They've won four straight. They're taking care of their business. right? Uh, and Keenum's doing you know, a good enough job, right. and they expect, I guess, at some point for Bradford to be back out. Yeah, there.
1: knocking off the uh, Packers, uh, of course. Of course, that's when Aaron Rodgers went down with his shoulder injury, and I like the way their defense play. Uh, they 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 plays. They get uh, Sendejo back uh, from a suspension. So if they can just not trip themselves up on the offensive side of the ball, allow that defense to do what it, it it's capable of doing, uh, I think they have a good shot at winning. The division, considering uh, you know what's going on at Green Bay, Chicago's not even close to being great, Less maybe not even average, but still, you, you never want to discount a team on any given Sunday. And, and Detroit would, I think, be the only bona fide contender for the division title. Uh, so uh, they, they've got a lot of things going for them. And they were close a season ago. And, and maybe now, uh, even with the attrition at, at the quarterback position, running back position, uh, they can – Pick up the pieces from that and and roll on through to a, a to a title. You
3: know, I've always kind of been um, a Sam Bradford fan. I guess I don't know what the right, what the right word for it is. Um, I think maybe he's got an unfair shake. He's not. He's not John Elway. Uh, I know that, but I think he can he can get you to for the most part where you want to go. And I just want him to stay healthy and stay out there. But he can't, uh, which is which is one of the valid knocks on him. Um, and if you're you know you're trying to find a team. In the NFC right now, to to get behind, it's hard because you've got Zeke off the field in Dallas, and you've got their issues on defense. Um, you've got the Seahawks, who certainly at times look impressive, but they can't run the football. And it looks like the defense is going back to where it used to be, but maybe it's not there just yet. And you know, on the road, sometimes they have inexplicable issues as uh, as a whole on offense. And then you get to the Eagles. Who are by almost any every measure right now they're the best team in the conference, but I think there's at least for me there's that built in well you got to show me first, and then you know show me in December and January, and we're not right. there just yet, plus you know they are a different team without Jason Peters on that offensive line, so they got to figure that one out too so you know there's a there's almost an annoying amount of parity and confusion right now about. Who's the best in, in really both conferences? Well,
1: I, I look at the Eagles, and, and for me, they're the lead dog, and, and they've played so well on offensively. And You have a quarterback in Carson Wentz who's figured this thing out, and you're just hoping he doesn't have uh, the, the decrease in performance that he witnessed last year. You may want to chalk that up to – Uh, hitting the rookie wall, chalk it up to the defensive, figuring him out. Uh, But you would think he also would be better this year than he was a season ago, either getting better or you're getting worse. And so he knows what to expect going into the second half of the regular season, how to treat his body, how to go about uh, practicing, all those good things. Now you have a year under your belt. Let's uh, improve on, on what we started and they've been off to a great start. And and, and so I, I think they are the, the bell cow in, in the NFC.
3: We got a busy final hour, as always, on a Friday morning. Coop makes his picks. We make our picks. More on week nine in the NFL. And Giannis Porzingis runs his mouth again. It's a lot via we go. An hour three, Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio.